0: Of the contenders, who stands the best chance to win the Big 12 in 2023? Can the Big 12 make a college football playoff, multiple teams in the playoff, or could a dark horse rise and make a run this season? This is the Locked On Big 12 Preview. Let's break it all down in the Big 12. Drake Toll here from Locked On Big 12 with your ultimate college football preview, which is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked College for $20 off your first purchase. Last-minute tickets, lowest prices guaranteed. Look, here we go. Big 12, guys. John Williams of Locked On Sooners. It's Jonathan Davis of Locked On Longhorns. You got Kansas State and Texas Tech who could make a run at it. Both of those teams would like to make a case for the Big 12, but you guys seem like the big dogs. Now, I got to be honest, I'm sleeping with my ex right now. That's what it feels like, right? She's still living in the house, and I got to find a way to kick her out. Texas and Oklahoma have one year left of the Big 12. What can they do to win this conference? Jonathan, we start with you. Texas the big dog in the big 12 as the highest rated team in the coaches poll if this squad is going to make some waves in their last year in the conference what's got to go right
1: yeah so I think that it has to start with Quinn Ewers right if we're talking about football you know quarterback is the most important position on the field and you know Quinn Ewers we're still waiting for him to live up to that perfect rating out of high school right and the way that he played last year in 2022, uh, you know, he had an excuse, you know, coming over from Ohio State and essentially being a true freshman, but that's not going to be good enough. So, you know, I think that Quinn Ewers has to show progression, you know, he has to, you know, live up to that rating and he has to take a big jump, you know, for Texas to be capable of winning a big 12 this year. Also, you know, I think What has to happen this year, if Texas is going to be favored in every game they play in besides Alabama, then Texas has to not play with their food, right, this year, whether it's against Baylor or Oklahoma. You know, I'm poking fun at the guys on the broadcast, but they have to not play with their food this year, right? If they're that much more talented than every team they're going to go against, if they're favored... To beat every team in the conference that they're going to go against, they have to go out there and actually do it on the field. So if Texas can finally get over that hump, if Texas can finally win an off-season championship and then it translates on the field during the regular season, it's going to be because Quinn Ewers took that jump and this team didn't play with their food in 2023.
0: Jonathan, Texas owns the Big 12 in off-season championships more than all other teams combined. Now for you, John Williams, and Oklahoma, Locked On Sooners, the team that has the most real Big 12 championships. You talk about quarterback position, if that's where it starts. I know a lot of Sooners feel like they're the A1 team in the Big 12. Is that where it starts for this team? And if Oklahoma wins the conference, is it QB play?
2: Dylan Gabriel was really good last year, and I think he – maybe got underrated because of how bad the defense was. It, it put them in a situation where they had to be really, really good on third downs on fourth downs in the red zone. And so where they were inefficient was, uh was magnified because of how poor the defense was for Oklahoma this year. It starts with the defense. If the defense is as bad as it was a year ago, they're not going to improve much from a six and 17 that they were in 2022. That said, this looks like a team that has Built this defense to be much, much better through the transfer portal, through their recruiting class. Everything seems to be trending toward Oklahoma really significantly improving on that defensive effort. The offense was good enough last year. If they, you know, are more efficient in a, in a few areas, if the defense is just a little bit better than it was a year ago, this is an eight or nine win team. But the defense was one of the worst in college football last season, and that's how they ended up with a 6-7 and record. If they make even marginal improvement, it's a much better record by the end of 2023.
0: Yeah. Jonathan, as far as skill positions goes, we've we've hit quarterback, but now you've got B. John Robinson going to the Atlanta Falcons, who's my preseason pick for Rookie of the Year at FanDuel.com. For you, Jonathan, when you're replacing a guy like that who is one of the great running backs to me in college football in the Big 12 in the last decade, where do you start?
1: Yeah, well, I think you're going to see a team this year that's going to be focused more on the passing game. You know, we like to make so many comparisons uh, to that 2020 Alabama team and Sark and Texas fans are waiting uh, for that to show up you know, on the 40 acres. Well, that team in 2020 that went 13-0, and even though they had Najee Harris, they were 48th or something like that in the country in terms of rushing. So I think you have a lot of really talented backs. They're obviously not B. John Robinson. And I don't know if you can replace B. John Robinson, right? But you have more than enough running backs in that stable to be really good in the running game. But I think you're going to focus on the passing game, right? I expect a lot of you know maturation and growth on the football field. From Quinn Ewers, you know, on three said we have the second best wide receiver room in the country. I think you can make an argument, obviously, outside of Marvin Harrison Jr. that they their best uh, wide receiver room in the country. You have JT Sanders, who is an NFL tight end. Uh, you just have a lot of playmakers on this offense. So you don't have to replace B. John Robinson. You know, I think that you have running backs that are more than capable. But I think for the first time in a while, you'll see a high flying passing offense at the University of Texas that should be able to sustain them for the 2023 season. The running game will be a complement to what you see from Quinn Ewers and Steve Sarkeesian this year.
0: John, it's surprising to me when you look at the all Big 12 preseason team and we talk Oklahoma as a contender, not a single offensive player on that list. Is the OU offense underrated? Is this team going to struggle and be led by the defense under Brent Venables? Or is there a way this team wins the league because the offense shows up?
2: I think the offense is still going to be really, really good. Now, we talk about Bijan Robinson going off the NFL. The Oklahoma Sooners lost several starters of their own. They lost their leading rusher in Eric Gray, their leading receiver in Marvin Mims, arguably the most important player on their team uh, in an emotional capacity in Braden Willis, the tight end who caught seven, eight touchdowns last year. They lost three starters on the offensive line. There's a lot of optimism. There's still a lot of talent on that offensive side of the football. And unlike what maybe Texas is going to do, if Jonathan's prediction's right, they're going to air it out. I really expect Jeff Levy in this offense to ground and pound. They've got a great uh, group of running backs led by Javante Barnes and Gavin Sachuk, who are four-star players in the 2022 cycle. This running back room is going to be the lead dog for this offense. I think they're going to lean heavily on the running game, especially as they try to figure out the wide receiver position a little bit, but they're going to throw the football. I mean, Dylan Gabriel is going to be you know, getting the ball put in his hands in key situations because he's a very experienced player. He's potentially going to end up top 10 in college football history and passing yards by the end of the year. But again, it comes back to being more efficient on third down, being more efficient on fourth down in the red zone. And if they're more efficient in those areas, the offense takes a step forward despite the losses that they have. Now they've got a good offensive line that's going to come together with an experienced left tackle in Walter Roust, a, a, a guy in Tyler Guyton that Florida State's Jared Verse, a future top 10 pick, said was the best offensive tackle that he's ever played against. His words, not mine. An athletic player that's going to be able to make some noise um, in NFL draft circles come the spring. But, I mean, it's all going to lean on the running game, I think, as they're trying to figure out the offensive line, the wide receiver group, and Javante Barnes, Gavin Sawchuk, they're going to have a big, big seasons this year.
0: Guys, what I like about this from both of you guys is, is naming people that others in the conference can watch out for. Every, every week that Oklahoma and Texas are on the field, those are the guys that are going to get it done. So if you're around the Big 12, you're a TCU fan, these are the dudes you look out for. If you're around the Big 12 and you're not an Oklahoma, you're not a Texas fan, you look at Texas Tech whose offense this year, you have question marks. After last season, it was it was stagnant at times, but they're still a contender. Look at Kansas. You have an, a preseason All-Big 12 quarterback with Jalen Daniels and running back with Devin Neal. I think Kansas can be a dark horse in this conference. And then I point to Kansas State. Will Howard had some great games at quarterback for Kansas State last season. And if he shows up with the A game like he did against a team uh, in Baylor that they won 31-3 to against on the road, if that's the Will Howard you get – Kansas State's going to be dangerous. But, guys, I I want to flip it to defense now for Texas, Jonathan. ah, Dude, defense has been the question mark at times, again, in this last decade where the Longhorns have struggled. But I I look at a guy like Byron Murphy, I look at a Jalen Ford, and I just think these Longhorns, they've got some dudes on on that side of the ball.
1: Yeah, no, definitely. And when you lose a DeMarvin Overshone, a Keandre Coburn, and a Moro Ojemo to the NFL draft, you have to wonder how you'll come back from that the next year, you know, especially when you didn't have anybody drafted the year before. <laughs> this is new territory <laughs> uh-huh. for the University of Texas, right? But I think we're year three under Pete Kukowski. We've had the same defensive staff all three years. And I think you saw, you know, that materialize on the field last year. You talked about some really good players at every level, right? Byron Murphy, your preseason uh, first-team Big 12 pick, Jalen Ford, who should have won the award last year, uh, Big 12 Defensive Player of the Year is the early preseason pick uh, for this season. But one player you didn't mention, and he's kind of, you know, we don't know what we're going to get from him because he just got to the team. And I'm surprised you didn't mention him, Drake, because you're a closet Arkansas fan. But Jalen Catalan, you know, coming over in the yep. transfer portal, a former All-SEC safety, I think if he can play 10-plus games for Texas this year, if he can stay on the field, we're talking about a defense that not only will be good, not only can pick up where they left off last year, I think you're looking at a defense in Austin, Texas, that could be borderline elite if they get elite play from Jalen Catalan at the safety position.
0: You look at Ethan Downs, John, that's the first one that pops off for me for Oklahoma. And Jonathan, thanks for calling it out. There was an Arkansas emblem in the back during the open, so <laughs> couldn't hide it for too long. Uh, John, for you, this defense at OU, Brett Venables, one of the best minds in the game. It didn't come together last season, but in year two, it has to
2: if Oklahoma's going to win the league. It absolutely has to, and I think it's going to. They've made some significant additions in the transfer portal, Look, we can start with, you know, Desan McCullough, who was a true freshman All-American, had four sacks, primarily as an edge rusher last year. The dude's an elite athlete, and he's going to be playing cheetah linebacker. He can cover. He can rush the passer. He can play in space. He's just a, an elite athlete that's going to be able to do everything you want him to do. They added Reggie Pearson from Texas Tech through the transfer portal. This is a big hitting safety. If everybody remembers the Oklahoma-Texas Tech game, Hit Eric Gray so hard he probably should have been put in the concussion protocol, but wasn't hit Dylan Gabriel so hard in overtime of that game that Gabriel had to sit out of play. I mean, dude is a thumper and he's going to bring an edge to Oklahoma's defense. They also added Rondell Bothroyd out of Wake Forest who had 13 sacks over the last two seasons, 24 and a half tackles for loss in that same time frame. A really, really good uh, edge rusher as well. To add to Ethan Downs, who was Oklahoma's lone uh, Big 12 preseason uh, uh, selection, uh, he had a really strong finish to the season with seven and a half tackles for loss over Oklahoma's last three games last year. It all starts up front, and they've made significant additions along the defensive line to try and bolster their depth add girth. There's been a big emphasis on adding weight and adding size. Last year, they had one player over 300 pounds. This year, they're going into the season with five, including a guy like Dejon Terry, who's upwards of 330 pounds coming over from Tennessee in the transfer portal. So a big emphasis on really stacking the defensive line with depth, but then also you know, making sure that that linebacker group isn't as uh, strained with snaps as they were last year. Their three starting linebackers All played over 900 snaps. Only only two players had more snaps in FBS than Danny Stutzman did last year, and they were both part of the group of five. So trying to utilize the depth that they have, which, again, over the last two offseasons through the recruiting ranks, through the transfer portal, they've added really good, talented players through the linebacker class, including Kobe McKenzie, who was committed to Oklahoma, flipped to Texas, committed back to Oklahoma uh, in the 2022 recruiting cycle. So that's a fun one. But you're going to start to see a lot of these guys. You know, Jaron Kanick is going to be a player at linebacker that's going to take a step forward as well. That, that It's going to help this whole defense come together.
0: Yeah, John, you talk about girth. TCU's got a kid who's 455, so we're going to have to put that conversation on hold and give that one to the horn Frogs. But uh, look, offense, defense, obviously it aligns for both of these squads to be considered contenders in the Big 12, along with teams like Kansas State and Texas Tech. Uh, but but look, I'm, I'm 22, right? I, I'm in the TikTok era. I have about a 30-second attention span, so that's what I'm going to give you. Jonathan, is Texas going to win the Big 12 30 seconds go.
1: Yes, Texas is going to win the Big 12 this year. I know I've been saying that since 2009. I know you've been hearing that on whatever social media app you're on since 2009. But yes, like I said, you know, the Alabama game withstanding, every other game they're going to be favored in, I think this is the year. Year three is D. Sarkeesian, too talented. They don't play with their food this year. They win the Big 12. They end up in Arlington in December hoisting that trophy.
0: John, same thing. Is Oklahoma going to win the Big 12?
2: I would love to come into this thing being very confident and saying yes, they're going to. But the real, the reality is, I don't think they're going to. I think the schedule sets up for them to be in Arlington and to play for the Big 12 title game. But I just don't know if all of the additions to the transfer portal through the recruiting ranks are going to be established enough to see them carry that through and win a Big 12 title. I think they can. I just, I'm just i a little bit skeptical still as we look at this team in the preseason. Again, 122 ranked defense last year. Can they be a top 50 defense this year? If they can, then they can win the Big 12. Uh, can the offense mitigate the losses of Marvin Mims, Eric Gray, Braden Willis, you know, three starters on the offensive line. If it all comes together, then absolutely they can. The thing that they have working in their favor is the schedule. They don't have Texas Tech. They don't have Kansas State. They don't play Baylor. Three teams they lost to a year ago and three of the top six teams in the conference. You know, they've got difficult road trips to to Cincinnati, to Provo, and then obviously the the Red River Showdown in Dallas, Texas against the Longhorns is always going to be a tough game. I've predicted Oklahoma is going to win that game just based on feeling, emotions. I think they're going to be slept on because of 49 nothing. Everybody's going to be sleeping on Oklahoma. They're going to be overlooking the Sooners a little bit, and Oklahoma is going to be coming into that game with a chip on their shoulder, and it's going, to, it's going to reverse fortune. But I will say I don't necessarily think they're going to win the Big 12 title.
0: Now, could someone make a dark horse run in the Big 12 this season similar to TCU last year? We tackle that up next on the ultimate college football preview, Unlocked on Big 12. All right, I got to let you guys in on a secret. I don't. Everything that you see here, it's not all done by one person. So you gotta hire a team. So I myself have an intern now. The reason I do, and they're really good at what they do, because I went to LinkedIn Talent Solutions. These days, having the right hire feels great. You want to be a hundred percent certain that you have the best qualified candidates available, and that's why LinkedIn jobs exist. So you go right now, purple hashtag hiring frame. You add this to your LinkedIn profile, and it's easy to spread the word that you're hiring. They're simple tools, screening questions. Right, I I needed an intern. It didn't seem that big of a deal. But geez, I got overwhelmed quick till I used LinkedIn talent solutions. to make it easy. You focus on the right candidates with the right skills. You go in and you find the right team member. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus the leading competitors. Go to LinkedIn jobs where they help you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to and they help you do it faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. Again, that is linkedin.com Locked On College to post your job for free. Terms and conditions do apply. So we've hit the contenders of the Big 12. Now it's the quote underdogs. We've got teams like TCU in here. The Locked On Jayhawks host Derek Johnson. We've got BYU, the Cougars of Houston, some newbies at Oklahoma State who seem so overlooked this season. But let's start with the team that went all the way to the college football playoff Got away with a win, and we will full stop not talk about it after that. Steven Simcox of Locked On Horn Frogs. Steven, what are you doing with the underdogs? I have no idea, Drake. I mean, like, this has been TCU's
3: position for the past two decades, so I'm not sure if this is like a holdover from the Gary Patterson era where everybody still thinks we have, like, two-star players with five-star hearts. But even, like – my my good brother, Johnson Davis, was on, you know, he was on with you a moment ago, and he said before he left, I think Steven should be here with the favorites. And could you imagine, Drake, if Texas, even if they got their, you know, self-curb stomped by George in the national title game, could you imagine if they made the national championship how much hype there would be about UT right now? They might have to create, like, a new, a new category in the preseason poll for the amount of hype there would be about the Longhorns. I feel like even with all the, you know, People that TCU lost, and we know Max Duggan, Quentin Johnson, Kendra Miller, the list goes on. Sonny Dykes is a good offensive coach. He's got more weapons here. They reloaded in the transfer portal. I'm really surprised that I am here, but I'm not upset to be here with all these lovely people. I just think TCU should be one of the favorites in the Big 12.
0: Yep, Stephen, couldn't agree more. I think TCU is right up there with the likes of Kansas State, who won the Big 12 last year, or a Texas Tech. The fact that Texas Tech is valued over TCU is surprising to me. One team that I don't know if they're getting enough love, because I'm not sure, uh, Derek Johnson of Locked On Jayhawks. I I assume the majority of Kansas fans understand there is a football team, especially with Jalen Daniels and Devin. You have the preseason best quarterback and one of the best running backs here in the Big 12. And you're not getting a lot of love. Are you surprised by that?
4: No, it makes sense. The defense struggled last year. You give up 35 points per game. And obviously, there's not the track record, right? You want the history um, to make you feel like you're going to be good about your pick. I will say this, though. If you put the blindfold on, you put the blindfold on Oklahoma, you put the blindfold on Kansas, right? If we want to look at this positively. Kansas brings back Jalen Daniels, preseason Big 12 player of the year. Dylan Gabriel, really good quarterback. Uh, There are actually three teams besides Kansas in the Big 12 who bring back head coach, offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator, quarterback. Kansas, Oklahoma, Texas, Kansas State. The other three are being seen, maybe not, you know, depending where you want to put Kansas State, at that kind of top in the conference. So you have the elite offense. You have 10 of 11 starters back on offense. If the defense can just get better, you know, they were number two in points per game last year. They were number one in yards per play. They were number one in rushing yards per play, number one in passing yards per play. You know, why not us?
0: We got locked on Houston and locked on BYU. That's locked on Cougs and locked on Cougars, both <laughs> with us here. But I, I, you guys are new, so I'm going to go to one of the returners, one of those hateful eight, and that's the Oklahoma State Sooners. Locked on, oh, that'd be the Oklahoma State Cowboys with Cody Stovall of Locked On Oklahoma State. Cody, uh, you remind me a lot, I said, of Robert Earl Keane, one of the greatest musical artists of all time. He'll never be a star, never be a star, and never gets enough love. Is that how you feel in an off season where everybody's talking about how bad Oklahoma State's going to be?
5: Uh, of course. I mean, it doesn't – I, I, I kind of get it, right? Oklahoma State had its worst season since 2005. Mike Gundy had some things he had to address, obviously, in the off season. But, yeah, we are not having the conversation about how the transfers that we did bring in all fill gaps instantaneously. The quarterback room is going to be better. The running back room should be massively improved. And this is a, a crazy talented defense. Yep. So, yeah, I don't, I don't understand exactly the disrespect. I get it. We're in a prove-it scenario. But this is where Gundy actually thrives.
0: Talking of disrespect, Parker Ainsworth, people are really low on the Houston Cougars in everything but basketball. Is there something Houston can do, right? We had the conversation about Big 12 contenders. Houston doesn't have to win the Big 12 to get respect. What does this team have to do for just, just that word, just respect?
6: I think there's a competitive element to it. I think a lot of people look at the schools coming in as these little underdogs, right? UCF, Cincinnati, and Houston all being uh, American Athletic Conference teams. But honestly, I think the big deal is that people don't look at Houston and realize, like, they brought in – they have 42 new faces on the roster, mm-hmm. um, brought in a lot of new guys, including transfers from Big 12 schools. Quarterback Donovan Smith looks like he will win the starting job, and he will at least be the goal line quarterback. He was Texas Tech guy to start the year last year, right? You have uh, Mathis from West Virginia. Uh, I, I've talked with uh, Cody about uh, uh, Boogie from Oklahoma State as wide receiver. Like a bunch of guys coming in, Ole Miss uh, defensive end and stuff like that, like would transfer – to any school in America and be like an impact guy. They come to Houston, it's like, well, Houston's still, it's like, at mm-hmm. some point, once you've changed all the piece of wood in the ark, it's a different boat, right? Like at some point yeah. we're a different team. And I feel like we look more like a big 12 team than people might realize. Jake Hatch, Locked On
0: Cougars with BYU. I have held you to the end because you get more love than anybody else at the Locked On Podcast Company. Jake, man, this BYU team this year, after what I would call a disappointing year last season, you have the home win against Baylor. You think that, and I thought BYU could have been a playoff caliber team. How do you now bounce back but do it in a Power
7: Five conference? Uh, Biggest thing is improvement on defense. Their metrics last year defensively were absolutely atrocious. They allowed programs like like Arkansas to score on six straight possessions against them, measured in the 90s or the 100s in terms of overall defensive metrics top to bottom. They were 129th. They've got to improve defensively. They completely turned over that coaching staff, new defensive coordinator with Jay Hill coming in. That is going to be the big key for BYU. The offense should keep humming, but the defense is going to be a big key for them here in the Big 12.
0: Yeah, when I look, Steven Simcox locked on TCU Hornfrogs, Frogs. Johnny Hodges. I look at Josh Newton. I don't have a ton of questions about this defense. I, I like the TCU defense next season. What I don't like is the fact that there's nobody on the field with the last name Duggan across their jersey. What is TCU post Max Duggan? Yeah, it's a great question.
3: I mean, I honestly feel like Chandler Morris has been around forever, but he hasn't really played in many games. So he's yes. in a weird spot where – Oh, he played against Baylor a couple years I, ago. Yeah, he did. He did play against Baylor. Sorry about that, Drake. I'm not really sorry. I'm just kind of being nice to, to the host here. But, um, yeah, Chandler Morris hasn't proven a lot on the field in game-like situations, right? And so that's going to be a huge question. But, you know, I feel like he's honestly like a great passer. It's funny, for for the first three years of Max's career – um, we used all these great things. About, there were all these great things about him, but they were all intangible. We talked about his grit, his heart, his determination, and he still showed that in his last season on campus, but he was actually also just a better quarterback as well. But I think Chandler is an accurate passer. I feel like he can do some special things with the ball in his hands. I really think the question is more about You know, how do you replace the leadership that Duggan had on the field? We all watched him in the Big 12 championship game. It looked like he was, you know, almost having a heart attack out there in the end zone against Kansas State. He truly does leave it all out there. I think the team responded to him and rallied around him um, in a super special way. And so it's going to be tough to replicate that. And the only way to do it is to win games. Max, even when he struggled, you know, found a way to put together big drives late in games to lead that team to victory. And so now that's going to be Chandler Morris's job. There's a lot of new faces on this team. And I think one underrated thing that we'll find out quickly about is that offensive line last year, all five of those guys started every single game, which yeah. it's pretty unheard of to have that type of health at a position that's that physical. And so now you have three new linemen in the interior there. Um, can, they, can they protect Chandler Morris? Because one question that we – or one thing that we do know about Chandler is that he has prone to get injured and um, you know, Josh Hoover behind him, I don't feel like is ready to man a power five roster right now. So they need him to stay healthy. And that's going to be a huge part of whether or not TCU has success this season.
5: (laughs)
0: Derek Johnson, as backhanded as it may feel for Locked On Jayhawks, that everybody's excited about the resurgence of Kansas football, it is one of the bigger storylines in in college over the course of the last year and then going into this year for Locked On Big 12. But w- when I look at this roster, I see, again, great quarterback, great running back, and then question marks at a lot of positions. What does success look like for the Jayhawks who are still getting their legs up underneath themselves? Yeah, I mean, offensively,
4: you feel good about it with 10 of 11 starters back. I mean, you look at pro football focus, they actually had the third best receiving grade in the entire country. You know, Ohio State with some guy named Marvin Harrison. They were up top at number one. So you feel good about the offense. The success is going to come down to what are you going to get defensively? 35 points per game, that's not going to cut it this year. You gave up 42 the year before. Can you improve by another touchdown into this year to where you can just be kind of a middle of the pack defense? Because if you go back and look, Over the last decade of the Big 12, the team who has won or or has had the number one offense in the Big 12 by points per game every year, they're winning nine or 10 games over the last decade. The only team who won nine was Oklahoma in the COVID year because it was a Mm shortened schedule. Every other team has won 10 games or more. And you might be asking, yeah, but how many of those had good defenses? More than half of them had bottom half of the Big 12 defenses, including one of the Oklahoma defenses with Kyler Murray that was actually last And I think there was one of the uh, Baylor defenses that was eighth of the 10 teams. So if you can be the number one offense, which is I talked about number two in points per game. Number one last year was TCU. Can you emerge to that? Can the defense just be middle of the pack? Maybe they can get to seven, eight, nine wins. And, And if you can keep this thing, you know, pointed in the right direction, that'll have KU fans really excited in the fall.
0: Cody Soval locked on Oklahoma state. I looked at your schedule and when I, when I go game by game, I'm not scared. Are you scared?
5: No, man, that's the, the schedule's part of the deal here. And yes, it could turn around to bite us at the end of the season. If we do have a pretty successful season, people are obviously going to turn around and say, well, they had the easiest schedule in America which is fine because I I do think as long as you win, it usually takes care of most everything else. People are going to inherently want to throw disrespect the Big 12's way, but TCU proved last year if you want to have the conversation about the SEC's way better, fine. But if you want to have the conversation that we're getting closer and closer to the Big 10, you have to say that that is legitimate. And I think Oklahoma State will play a hand in that this year, primarily because of the schedule.
0: Parker Ainsworth, Locked On Cougs, similar question. I I look at what Houston has in the Big 12, and I love the home game against Texas. I love the slap in the face to UT before they move on to the SEC. But before I can circle that, Parker, I've got to circle UTSA in week one. When it comes to non-conference games and ones that matter the most for teams, this is in my top three. Obviously, Texas, Alabama is huge, but this is going to let the rest of the Big 12 know Is Houston for real? Does it feel like this game against the University of Texas at San Antonio is a cornerstone game?
6: Well, and I think a lot of people in Big 12 country know what UTSA is, but people that are on the outside looking in might not realize UTSA is very good at football. <laughs> uh, that game went to a couple overtimes last year. UTSA went on to have a very good year in their conference. Uh, and so I think that that's the – it's talk about the measuring stick, and Houston has no Power 5 non-conference game because you set your non-conference schedule up for our right? but UTSA kind of serves as the best non-conference game for sure. TCU coming to town on September 16th would be hard to look past. <laughs> I, I would imagine most college, like it'd be natural for a college kid to have that circled as well uh, just a couple weeks later. But UTSA will be tough to open the season. It's going to be on uh, FS1, big celebrate Houston, things happening in town. They're making a big deal out of it. It's That's going to be a fun way to open the season for sure. And then for you, Jay Catch, BYU's
0: first year in the Big 12. Kalani Tataki talked about it a couple of years ago when his team came to Waco and lost on Baylor's homecoming. This team has to get bigger, has to get better to prepare for Big 12 competition. They did that with a win against Baylor last year. W- what is there to prove for a school that many point to as a premier team coming to this league?
7: The biggest thing is they want to really establish an identity and that's the one thing you point out is Baylor really kind of showed them in 2021 where they were deficient. They have done an incredible job in terms of turning over both their defensive and offensive line. They could have four uh, starting offensive linemen, Drake, who stand six foot six or taller this season, all of them weighing 320 pounds or more. They're going to have some mammoth offensive linemen and defensive linemen out there. They want to be one of those teams that you fear to go up against. They're going to beat you up, and that's going to be the identity, I think, for BYU early on in the Big 12. All right, guys, I want your max, your ceiling
0: for wins, and the MVP. If the team is going to hit that ceiling, who has to be the star? Steven Simcox, Locked On Horn Frogs, we start with you.
3: Yeah, I mean, I think the ceiling is honestly 11 or 12 wins. I can see that happening. Everything breaks right. And if that's the case, then I believe your MVP is your quarterback in Chandler Morris. And he had a fantastic season replacing Max Duggan and found a way to use some of these new guys like Jojo Earl and Savion Williams coming back from last year. That would be you know, my guess on who was the star if they get to that uh, maximum place.
0: Derek Johnson, if you don't say 12 games for the Jayhawks, I will.
4: I'll, I'll give you nine. I'll give you nine, maybe ten. If we go back to the offense thing, I think six or seven's most likely. But you know, if everything clicks, the MVP here it either has to be the training staff or just Jalen Daniels' health, right? They were five and zero oh last year. You lose by seven in a game to TCU, where Jalen Daniels fumbles at the goal line and you miss a field goal. Um, so you know, if if I guess everybody's healthy, if, if specifically Jalen's healthy, you have one of the best quarterbacks in the conference, one of the best quarterbacks in the country. Then sure, why not nine or ten?
0: Cody Stovall to me, if this year is good, Oklahoma State stays good. If this year is bad, things spiral. What's the ceiling? Who's got to be that guy?
5: Uh, I think the ceiling probably 11 wins, right? Nobody's probably going to go unscathed. I would say the floor is a little bit higher than most prognostications have out there. I would put the floor at eight primarily because of the schedule. Uh, MVP, you know, I'm going to flip it on the other side of the field. I think for everything to do what we're supposed to, the defense has to show up, and that guy has to be Kendall Daniels. Now
0: we'll go to Parker Ainsworth for Houston, man. They're the ones that people are dogging on outside of this league. Prove them wrong.
6: Yeah, I feel like this team can be a 10-1 team. Look at the schedule, too. Um, I feel like that's that's a good ceiling to set for these guys. First year in the league. You look excited. You may drop one at Kansas State uh, or something down the line towards the end of the season. But I, I think I think this could be a 10-1 team for sure. Uh, and if I'm looking at MVP, it's easy to say quarterback and Donovan Smith. Uh, obviously, he have a big say in that. I would also look at Matthew Golden, the wide receiver. I think he's underlooked by some, um, you know, some people see him as a potential All-Big 12 candidates, uh, and some people don't have him listed on their first two, three teams. So I think that's a name to keep in mind at the Houston Cougars this fall.
0: Jake Hatch, baby. What a what is BYU, where can they get?
7: Ceiling, probably nine. I, I think that's probably where they probably would top out, just looking how things are looking going into the Big 12 here. But the biggest thing for BYU is what kind of player are they getting in Keaton Slovis? Are they getting the, the dark horse Heisman contender that he showed early on during his time at USC? Or are they getting more of what he showed last year at Pitt? That's going to be a big determining factor in any and all success BYU has.
0: Well, guys, for the amount of people in here who said they have an easy schedule this year, can't be everybody. Law of averages, my <laughs> friends. So best of luck to everyone. And my goodness, if one of you do not dethrone Texas and Oklahoma before they leave, if, if they don't go 1-11, I'm going to be upset at everybody. Will the Big 12 have playoff representation this season? That's next on the Ultimate College Football Preview on Locked On Big 12. So I, it's, it kind of sounds weird to say, but I don't. I am wearing shorts, but it feels like I'm not because I have these new bird dogs and you're know, right, like German short hair, Labrador Retriever, and the best pants in the world. I what's best about the bird dogs too is that they when you when you order right now they send you a fun golf hat with it, which is my new favorite hat. So not only do these things look like Lululemon but better, they fit like Lululemon but way better. My mom thought they were Lululemon. They are un. I, I get compliments all the time. And I, I can't I can't keep people on off me. I, I keep forgetting that I'm wearing pants. See, these are all problems that you want to have. I love my bird dogs. I love my new hat, and all of that is because I went to birddogs.com forward slash locked college. They fit better than regular shorts. They have this cool, invented cloud knit fabric. It looks like khaki, but it's got this really cool slimmer fit. And you don't have to sacrifice a moment if you know what I mean. It's it's right now that you go to locked on college that's the promo code locked on college at birddogs.com forward slash locked on college for a free white tech hat with your order birddogs.com forward slash locked on college or promo code locked on college for that free white hat you won't want to take your bird dogs off i can promise you that Here with the ultimate college football preview and Locked On Big 12, John Williams from Locked On Sooners, Jonathan Davis from Locked On Longhorns. We've got the contenders in here. John, you talk college football playoff, something that Oklahoma is used to. They have been before. They have been on the cusp of winning a game before but have not done so yet. If the Sooners – hey, Jonathan, you can't laugh because Texas hasn't been there yet. John, if the Sooners win the conference, they've got a great shot at going to the CFP. Is that where, and you just mentioned Oklahoma might not win this league. Are there even playoff expectations right now in Norman?
2: I mean, you you hear people talk and guys that are experienced in the program and the expectation is playoff and national championship every year, regardless of what's happened in the past, what happened a year ago. That's the standard. That's what Oklahoma is striving to live up to with, you know, still that pursuit of an eighth national championship. But the reality is, again, you're still trying to build a Brent Venables program, Brent Venables team. You're trying to you know, come away from what Lincoln Riley and Alex Grinch's defense was at the end of their tenure and and turn it into what Brent Venables had at Clemson, had in his previous tenure at Oklahoma. Can they get to the college football playoff? Maybe. I, I think, again, if things come together for this team and they have a top 50, top 40 defense, then yeah, they can win the big 12. They can potentially make the college football playoff, but because of their strength of schedule, there's very little margin for error for them. If they have one loss, they still might not be able to make it in because they're not going to have a lot of strength on their schedule. They, again, they have to beat Texas if they want to make it to the college football playoff, they can't afford a loss to them and even run the table and still expect to maybe have a seat at the playoff because There's a lot of really talented teams that are going to play a lot of tougher schedules. You look out in the Pac-12, I mean, that is going to be a very deep league and a very fun league this year. You think about Kansas State. I mean, I think a lot of people are sleeping on Kansas State this year. They bring back Will Howard, who might be the best quarterback in the conference after what he did a year ago. I know a lot of people are talking Jalen Daniels, they're talking Dylan Gabriel even, but I think Will Howard was phenomenal last year and was a big reason they had so much success. But for Oklahoma, I mean, The expectations are there. The standard is there, but I think they are going to fall short of it just because the strength of schedule is not there for them this year. If they run the table, they go 12 and 0 and they beat Texas like I think they will, then yeah, they'll get there, but they can't afford a a loss. They really can't because SMU, Arkansas State and Tulsa, that's not moving the needle for the college football playoff committee when they consider non-conference play.
0: Kansas State would consider itself a win away from the college football playoff last season. And this year, they have the best offensive line in the Big 12 arguably the best quarterback, right? There are three or four guys who would who are in that conversation squarely. They have the best fullback in the Big 12, which is on par for Kansas State. They make a great case for being a playoff team and, and somebody that I'm at least watching out for as a pick to finish in the top three in this league after winning it last year. Uh, Jonathan, for you, you've got Steve Sarkeesian, who has his best roster, not just in Texas to me, but in his career at, at any stop that he's been. However, the guy has still never won double-digit, games does he make a college football playoff this year is this the big jump after eight wins last year where a lot of texas fans would consider it to be just a lull of a season
1: yeah well first drake i have to say you did me wrong you didn't have to hit me with the. i know you ain't laughing you know live on the (laughs) podcast but uh you know i will say i don't think that you know steve sarkeesian and the texas longhorns make the college football playoff this year although there is a very clear path for them to make the college football playoff i think there's going to be a lot of talented teams at the top that end up with one loss and they make it in over texas i think texas starts their college football playoff runs next year when they expand to 12 but what i will say is two things have to happen you know for texas to get there but they do have a path to get to the college football playoff one you know the conversation doesn't start for texas until september 10th right what happens when you go on the road to tuscaloosa and play alabama in week 2 because i think without a win in that game then you cannot make it to the college football playoff period. I don't think there's another game on your schedule that has enough juice to propel you into that college football playoff conversation. And secondly, you either have to be a one-loss Big 12 champion or an undefeated Big 12 champion to make it into the college football playoff this year. So I think Texas definitely has a path. I think that this is the year that Steve Sarkeesian gets to double-digit wins. But like I said, the conversation for Texas doesn't even start until September 10th because if you don't take care of business on the road against Alabama – then I don't think there's another game on your schedule that can put you into the college football playoff conversation, even if you go 11 and 1.
0: In the most underwhelming yet unsurprising turn of events we've had two the two contender hosts both say i don't think my team is making the college football playoff
1: you only uh, get four i mean it's, you know, it's right. not like unlimited right you and only we are
0: get coming we're coming off a season where the dark horse where tcu who was picked to finish the bottom goes to the college football playoff and wins a game but in, in here we have the two teams that are leaving the league saying up Still don't know if it's our year. John, you look around the Big 12 for the last time that Oklahoma is going to play here. Do you see a a college football playoff contender?
2: I mean, I think it comes down to Texas and Oklahoma just because of the teams that carry the most weight. They move the needle the most. If they are able to go through the schedule and have one or fewer losses, then they'll have a chance. But I think the strength – of the you know what you see out in the Pac-12 in the SEC and in the Big Ten is going to kind of and and even in the ACC I mean there's so much love right now for Clemson and Florida State uh, UNC could make a run with Drake May I mean there's there's a lot of really talented programs out there that is going to make the conversation a little a little stuffy I mean it's going to be difficult for a Big Twelve team I think to move the needle because I mean yeah there's there's a lot of depth to the conference but. I mean, there's not a lot of big-time names, big-time programs that are moving the needle right now. I mean, that Texas game against Alabama, that's going to be huge for that program, but it's going to be huge for everybody in the Big 12, too. If Texas goes into Tuscaloosa and beats Bama, I mean, Texas is going to have the, the target even bigger on their back because a win over Texas who beat Bama helps improve everybody's strength of schedule. And, and I think that's going to matter. But again, it's going to come down to one or fewer losses. There's not going to be a two-loss Big 12 team getting into the conference or the college football playoff, and it might take an undefeated Big 12 team getting into the college football playoff.
0: Wow, John, I just want to i want to take a second to hone in and, and sit on what you just said. It might take an undefeated Big 12 team, whereas last year it wasn't even the Big 12 champion who made it to the college football playoff in TCU, obviously them beating Michigan and going to the national championship, where we will full stop and not talk about what happened there. Uh, John, Jonathan, as for the newcomers this season, we, we've missed that. Nobody has mentioned BYU yet. We haven't heard a lot about UCF and what they're going to bring to this league, or Cincinnati or Houston, and... While we could, and I do want to throw those names out there, I don't think we're going to see college football playoff runs from any of the newbies. Kansas State is my team. If there's one that's going to have that magic to make it all happen, they saw it with the Big 12 title last year. The newbies, though, I just don't see that in the cards for this conference. What I do see, though, is this primary matchup that we've all talked about, Alabama and Texas. Jonathan, if Texas is going to beat Alabama, does the entire script change? After that, do you then say, all right, this Texas team – is college football playoff bound?
1: I don't know. That's oh, only geez, week two. Can one of you right? guys please but just what, say what, what, what your I team said, is going to go to the playoffs. I don't know. That's week two. I'd feel a lot better about it if it was week <laughs> 11. You know, you just talked about a, a decade of ineptitude about Texas. And you now you're telling me to send them to the college football <laughs> playoff after two games, right? But, you know, I, like Respect I said, the conversation it. starts on September 10th, right? If they beat Alabama, <sighs> then yes, that's a huge, you know, roadblock to get over. And at that point, you would be favored over <laughs> every team on your schedule for the remaining of the way right but as we've seen for over 10 years do you think texas can go through their schedule only messing up once or not messing up at all right that's something we have not seen since Vince Young or Colt McCoy was the quarterback at the University of Texas so like I said the conversation will start on September 10th if they beat Alabama that is the toughest game on their schedule so they're certainly capable of being a college football team ask me again on September 10th right that's exactly a month from now and I might say they're a college football team at that point but you know that's a big game to jump over you know and say what if you know, they go into Tuscaloosa and beat the goat, to Nick Saban. But if they do that, then yes, I will expect Texas to make the college football playoff and win the Big 12 championship because there is not another opponent in front of them that Texas should lose to. What they will do, not sure. But Texas should not lose to anybody on their schedule other than Alabama.
2: And that's, and that's kind of where Oklahoma's been at the last several years is the team that's kind of favored in every game, but yet – I mean, the six and seven season, we believe is an aberration, but you go back to the last two years of the Lincoln Riley tenure as well. And you drop games that you probably shouldn't have lost that kept you out of the big or the college football playoff conversation. So, yeah. you know, you got to go back to Jalen Hurts in 2019 when the last time Oklahoma made the playoff. So that's probably why I'm hedging a little bit too, is I haven't seen this team go through a season with one or fewer losses to put themselves in the conversation in a few years now.
0: Jeez, you're you're both the teams that leave this conference and try to kill it. And then you hijack this show because neither of you will say that you want to make the college football playoff. I, I, I John, can you just, can somebody just say they want to make the college football playoff?
1: You know what's funny? It's a lose-lose for me because if I come on here and say Texas is going to the college football playoff, we're going undefeated, whatever, then I'm just that Texas fan that's been wrong for the last 10 years, right? So if I come on here and be humble, now I'm too humble, right? It's a lose-lose for me as a Texas fan, right?
0: Jeez, guys, there's so much humility in the Big 12 now with the two (laughs) biggest brands thinking they needed to leave. You guys belong. Uh, I mean – uh, to me, right, I, I'll come out and say it. I think Kansas State can be a college football playoff contender and can make a college football playoff without surprise. I I, I want to put it on the table that if that happens, if Kansas State goes to the CFP, we shouldn't be shocked. Should we be shocked if a Texas Tech does the same? I think shock's is probably the right word, but it would be a lot like TCU. And since we just saw it happen in Fort Worth, I don't think anybody is going to be uh, really fawning over a Texas Tech. You'll go, okay, if that's what the Big 12 does now, if somebody comes out of the ashes and wins the Big 12, goes to the college football playoff, then that's great. But, John, you know, I'm going to make both of you guys do it. John, Oklahoma makes the college football playoff in 2023. Shocking as it is to you. 30 seconds,
2: what happened? What happened for this team to do it? Well, the defense became a top-30 defense. They went from being – one of the worst defenses in college football to be one of the best. And that comes from a pass rush that becomes not just good, but great. It comes from a secondary that becomes turnover happy. They, they just become ball hawks in the secondary led by Woody Washington and Billy Bowman and, and a Peyton Bowen and Reggie Pearson and Key Lawrence and Josiah Wagner, a true freshman and Gentry Williams, a sophomore. This secondary starts just turning, you know, creating turnovers all over the place, the pass rush just creates havoc in the backfield for both the quarterback and the running game. And and that's what has to happen for Oklahoma to make the playoff. And, and I think it could, I really do think it could. I'm just at this point where I want to see it. I have not seen an elite Oklahoma defense in a really, 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 really long time. And so to, to expect it, we're not quite there yet, but I do think that they've got the pieces that they're putting together for them to become a really good defense this year, But will it be enough for them to make the playoff? Possibly. We'll see.
0: You guys have both proven you're objective, journalists. I get it. Jonathan, 30 seconds. Please just brag on the Longhorns a little bit.
1: Yeah, my brother John doesn't understand the concept of 30 seconds. That it's 30 like if you're in the plank like the... position for 30 seconds, that's the, that's the 30 John, seconds you he's never using. you worked but... in local news, <laughs> did you? But I'll say, if Texas makes the college football playoff, Quinn Ewers was a Heisman candidate. I think he puts together a top three, four, five, maybe season in college football if they were to make the college football playoff. You know, I think that yeah. they don't play with their food. Like I say, they go out there and beat the teams that they're supposed to beat. I think they're an elite offense under Steve Sarkeesian for the first time at the 40 acres if they make the college football playoff. I'm talking top five to top 10 and i think they have a defense that may not be elite but does not lose you any games and keeps you in every game if all of that happens then texas will make the college football playoff in 2023 of course if they beat alabama on september 9th
0: well jonathan john i love you guys both i won't see you here next year this time next year i will not you'll be on a different show doing a different preview so in the most respectful way possible i hope you both go one and eleven and neither of you make the college football playoff What other teams make the college football playoff this season? The Ultimate College Football Preview continues with a look at the top teams from each conference. Follow Locked On Big 12 to catch that conversation, or check out another conference preview by subscribing to all the Locked On Conference shows wherever you get your podcasts.
5: Now that you know who the players are for the Big 12, join me, Caroline Fenton, as we break down who makes the college football playoff and who will ultimately win it all. Go to Locked On Big 12 wherever you get your podcasts for this bonus episode of the Ultimate College Football Preview.